Well, hello and welcome to the Profit Express. I'm Tim Healy, and I'm inviting you to join me each and every Wednesday so you can be prepared to win the battle for business. That's right. Thanks for being on board. Thanks for sharing some of your time. And as always, a big thank you to our good friends and sponsors at Corbett Public Relations, where they are promoting and protecting businesses and brands for over 30 years. So do yourself a favor. Visit Bill and his team at CorbettPR.com. That's C-O-R-B-E-T-T. PR.com. Welcome aboard, everybody. So why should you listen? Great question. I always have to make it worth your while. Today's guests are a group of entrepreneurs, a duo, a tandem, a team of entrepreneurs who took a business that failed and put them $200,000 in the hole to creating a new business that they sold that was successful and they're part of another business currently, as well as being authors of a best-selling book. And it evolves around one of my passions in life, and that is coffee. So the insights that they're about to share with you are tremendously valuable. They are real-world. They are relatable. And that's why I have them on today. They are the kind of insights that are going to help you, my fellow entrepreneur, my fellow sales professional and small business owner. The insights will help you win the battle for business. So I said my guests focus around the word of coffee. As you can tell with my beautiful display of Profit Express coffee mugs, and if you know the show and if you follow me, you know I love coffee. And it brings me back to a very fond memory I have with a local coffee shop here on Long Island called Mibs, Mibs, M-I-B-S, where I spent countless late-night hours with a beautiful brown-eyed brunette sipping cappuccinos and espressos. Well, fortunately, the beautiful brown-eyed brunette, she became my wife, and fortunately, she's still around. Unfortunately, Mibs, the coffee shop, is not. Their doors have closed. And that is a similar story to a lot of local small coffee shops here on Long Island. They just didn't stand the test of time, and they folded and they closed their doors. Now the coffee shop landscape is filled with the behemoths, the Starbucks, and the Dunkin' Donuts. Now, I'll be honest, I do like Starbucks coffee, but when you walk into a Starbucks store... They have no coffee culture. It's sanitary. It's corporate. And Dunkin' Donuts, it's, I walk in, it smells like chemicals. The coffee gives me heartburn. That's just my opinion. So it's, to me, it's a crying shame that you don't have the charm of what was an independent coffee shop. And my wife, Carrie, and I, we talk about it a lot. We remember Mibs, and we would be having espressos and cappuccinos wired out of our mind until one in the morning, but we had so many great memories, and you know, so much of our romance you know, happened in coffee shops. So that's why when I saw today's guests, I came across them on Instagram. They are the coffeepreneurs. They are a husband-wife duo. Andrew and Claire Bowen. And not only are they the owners of, you know, what is a very successful business right now, and also the owners, not the owners, the authors, sorry, of a best-selling book called The Daily Grind, where they're really their sole mission is to help local independent coffee shops not just survive, but thrive. And I said, Eureka. 
Now, if they could just come here, they're actually they're based in the UK, and we're going to get into that. If they could come here and help some independence take off, I would be eternally grateful. So my passion for coffee is a part of the show today, and I know the insight of real hustlers and real entrepreneurs like Andrew and Claire is the insight that you're going to need to hear on the Profit Express. So it is a pleasure to welcome aboard the Coffeepreneurs. How are you today? We're good as gold, thank Very you. Very well, and thank you. Thanks for having us on, Tim. No, it's it's my my pleasure. And you are you're calling from England. It's we got about a six hour difference. So I, I assume you guys are hopped up on coffee. It's about midnight your time when we're recording this. So I I, I appreciate you guys uh, you know muscling up for the show. So. Yeah, in, I think in, I think we had a couple of espressos before we came on just to wake us up. <laughs> yeah, I have to be careful because I, I can I have enough natural energy that, you know, usual regular coffee does it for me. The, the espresso can take me over the edge. But in, in doing my research for the show, and, and like I said, I, I, I have a love for coffee. It, it's it's actually it's it's you know, it's a very personal thing for me. I drink two beverages in life. I don't drink alcohol. I drink coffee and water. That's basically it. And one thing I heard, I think it was Claire in one of the videos you did that kind of caught my attention. You said that this industry, the coffee, you know, the coffee shop industry is littered with failure. That, that's, that's, that's a big statement. It's an unfortunate statement. Why do you think that is? Um, I, I, it is, it is so sad that it's true. Um, I, I think a lot of people, um, come into the coffee business because it's, um, it's an easy business to get into. It's, it's uh, a low barrier to entry. Right. It doesn't cost as much as opening a restaurant and everybody knows how to run a coffee shop or they think they know how to run a coffee shop and that's <laughs> the big difference they think they know it rather than they do know it uh, and it's very easy to uh, get sucked in that to look at a coffee shop look that it's busy look like look go in there and think oh there's people like me I'll enjoy um, working here mm -hmm. uh, it's got good hours I'm not going to be working all night uh, and a lot of people go into the to the industry without doing their research and I think that's that's the first the first big mistake that they make. So they low barrier to entry. OK, so probably not as much capital as a restaurant, you know, a typical restaurant. So they, they get sucked in that way. And then they think they know more about what it takes to run a coffee shop than they do. And that's the beginnings of the recipe for failure. Is that right? hundred percent. And they don't they don't do their research. Um, I, I mean, a, a lot of people open up uh, in the wrong site, the wrong um, location, the wrong size, and they don't know what they want to achieve. You can no longer uh, open a coffee shop and sell great coffee, good good cakes and sandwiches and be a mm -hmm. success. You've got to be different. You've got to be famous for something. So they've got to work out from the very, very beginning before they jump into this business they've got to work out what they want to achieve um what the, what they want to be uh, as i said famous for their why and mm, if you get mm -hmm. your why what you want to achieve who you want to serve mm. uh in in line that will feed the information that you need to where to open uh, uh and we we've always said that you you would never open um a vegan cafe in the middle of a meat market. So you've got to open in the right place 
uh, where your customers, your avatar is outside that door? Because people don't travel far for a cup of coffee. Well, certainly, yeah. I mean, as we, we all know, the, the importance of location, you can never underestimate that. And you had your experience in a coffee franchise, didn't work out. You guys, you know, revamped it, rebranded it, created a successful, you know, uh, group of coffee shops. So you obviously have firsthand experience, plus being best-selling authors of a book called The Daily Grind. So from your experience, what makes a great coffee shop? Uh, the first thing, it starts from the top. It starts with the culture of the owner, particularly as, a small, as an independent. Mm. You can't, um, unless you get that culture right, you can't find good people to work for you. Um, you know, they won't, it, 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 it's not a case of just making rules and making people stick by the rules anymore. It's about creating a culture that allows people to deliver great hospitality service mm -hmm. and the best hospitality team, uh, in your town will work in the, in the best environment. So it starts with the right culture. Um, the mistake we, we see lots of people make is it's too small. Um, the, your sales are capped based on how much how many seats you've got so if you open a 12-seater cafe or a, a 20-seater diner um there is a limit how much you can take it's just it's just it's just numbers um if you've got 20 seats and you you know your average spend is ten dollars um you know and you they spend half an hour with you uh, at maximum time there's a limit how much you can take and it won't be the the, right. the straight extrapolation of that because it's not a linear business so you'll be at maximum for a probably 25 20 percent of the of the day the rest will be tailing up and tailing down so the uh the size is a big thing people are, are afraid i think to commit to a larger lease or a more expensive lease or a more expensive property because of that cost but what they sure. end up uh with is a job not a business so you which and then that job because it is an all-consuming job um you it's very hard if you've got a small business and you are running it yourself mm -hmm. um it's stand it's difficult to take away to stand away from it and that's that's the problem and then people fall out of love with their business effectively because it's not big enough it's not making enough money they can't <laughs> aff afford to, to put a manager in there we, they no, can't our, afford our, a day off or to go on holiday or anything like that so right. they do fall out of love with their business and usually you know within a couple of years of of um uh, some coffee shops opening you can you can see you can see the, the tracking of their their journey if you like from being bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and opening and then the owner just getting tireder and tireder and sadder and sadder yeah. there's a lot well, of smoke you, and mirrors you mentioned you mentioned something very important i want to go back to um where you know they didn't get a big enough footprint so they're not generating enough revenue they they, they can't afford a manager or going to go on vacation so th Here's my question then to, to both of you. I'll throw it out. How many of the coffee shops that you work with, that you consult with, where when they come to you, that it's just is basically a job and a salary for the owner? How, how often do you see that? Too often, in yeah. truth. Far too often. Really? Um, we, like to, we like to get on, their, on the journey with them before they commit to the size because we can mm -hmm. help them sort of understand that. Um, but we see far... You just look at how many small units are available for rent. Small, small restaurants, small cafes, small hospitality venues are out there for rent. And that gives you... There's a reason for that. 
is because they churn over so so much so yeah. we do see we do see far too many people that have got that situation um and then you know you'll never there's a lot of smoke and mirrors out there, out, out there as well in terms of when you go to buy a business like that off somebody it's there's always room for massive improvement or it'll you know we're we're running it four days a week but you can open it seven days a week or you can open till 10 o'clock at night all that sort of stuff and mm. you know we, we it, it's really hard to get to the bottom of it and if you're new into the industry um you can be taken in by that queue out the door you know is the queue out the door because they're they've got a great trade or is it because they're just slow at serving <laughs> you know uh is it busy is it is every seat full in there because you know uh, because they're they're it's a busy place or is it they've just got the wrong type of seat there that makes people stay there too long so, so all right so again you work with independent coffee shops so they'll reach out to you i guess when they're thinking of opening up or maybe they've just opened up when, when does somebody typically reach out to you to well, I, a, a little bit of both. Um, right. You get okay. uh, we we like as Andrew's already said. We like to um, catch people before they spend their money on the wrong things right, uh, and right, stop right. them, prevent them losing their shirt. Um, but you get a bit of both. If if we can't catch them, then they often come to us after they've opened, after they've opened in the wrong place, um, <laughs> and. It's a distress call. Help! Oh God! Uh, and and then and that, that's heart that's heartbreaking for us because the whole point that the, the why we do this is we want people to succeed, uh, and we we want people to not lose their shirt. So all right, so, so the, all right. Here's my next question. Then, so not everybody is a right fit for a particular business. Is there a particular personality or profile that makes a good owner of a coffee shop? Well, I think, as Andrew um, alluded to earlier, um, the culture has to start from the top. Mm -hmm. So the person at the top, the owner, the manager, um, they have to have um, they have to have the hospitality gene to start off with. Uh, and that is they have to smile. They have to engage people. They have to want to talk to people. They have, you know, it's it's a, a people business. And you've got to be, you've got to want to talk to people. If you've got um, the, the top of the business who wants to hide in the kitchen, well, that's never going to work. They have to um, cascade that down this hospitality gene um, to make everyone in that business smile and enjoy it so yes there are people that we, we we meet and we think you'd make a great manager you'd make a great a business owner you're really a great fit for this um, hospitality business and there's also people that that we talk to that we think hmm yeah mm, to, perhaps it's not for you to give you a little yeah, example you, when we were sorry when we to give you an example, when we used to run our business, our team we used to go in and out of our shops and talk to customers as if they were our best friends. And so many times, the team used to say to us, "How do you know that guy? How do you know them?" I said, "Well, I've never met before, but you know, it's my job to make them feel I do know right. them." Uh, it, it's something as simple as that that just you know will people come to you. You know, as a, in a coffee shop, you're not selling coffee. That's not what you're selling. You know, that's part of it. But people come there for so many other things. And it is about the third place It is about, you know, meeting friends or doing work or, you know, meeting meeting your yes. future wife. 
Um, There's so much goes on. We've seen that happen. We've seen people come into our business. They we saw them get together. We saw them have a you know get married, have kids, and the kids grow up. And that's we saw that, and that was that's one of the things that gave us so much pleasure and enjoyment. um, It did running our business. All right, so so let me ask you this then. So if somebody comes to you. And, you know, you say you know, it's culture starts at the top. You know, do you have a hospitality uh, uh, personality mindset or not? If, if somebody comes and they, they've, they've got the dollars and, and they have good ba- business acumen, but they are a crusty curmudgeon. And they just don't have, you know, that warm personality, the hospitality. W- will you tell them that? Will you be, you know, painfully honest and saying, I think you're going to suck at this? Will you tell them that? We we do, uh, and uh, and it, it, and we we we'll, we we're honest. We we right. probably wouldn't say you'll, you'll suck at this, um, but um, <laughs> we'll we'll put it in a, in a, a nicer a nicer yes. way than that. But yes, yes. but the whole point is that we give our honest advice and our honest opinion, and if and if we think something won't work, we will say. And that what that's what makes us different. Yeah, we're sure. we're not we're not saying all right, you've got some money give me your money that you'll you'll be fabulous at that uh, yeah. our job if we if we stop somebody going into the into this business who wasn't right for this business uh, uh we've done our job yeah we mm. the what we find is that a lot of guys before they come to us they'll or the ones are in trouble potentially they'll come to us and they've had advice from the roaster or from the coffee machine manufacturer or from the landlord all telling them it'll be a great place to open or a great machine to use or a great coffee blend to use. But ultimately, all they're doing is selling them what they've got. They're right. not giving them advice. And what we what we what we what we pride ourselves on is to is to give them honest and biased, you know, full full force um opinions, not just, you know, because we we're not we're not selling them anything. We're just trying to save them from themselves in a lot of the, a lot of cases. Um and, so- uh, and we find that's a good place to come from. No, no, certainly. Uh, it's, it's the right intentions, you know, for, from a business model. Um, so, so now you, you guys, do you, I'm, I'm just curious, do you typically work with independents or people who are also looking to get into coffee franchises? We, we do work with both. However, mm-hmm. we would always steer somebody unless, unless, yeah, unless they were really well funded um, and had a, a, a ten-year plan to grow in a really, really good franchise uh, with a with a good track record. Then, yeah, we would we would we would say, yeah, go go ahead and do that. Most of the people who come to us don't have that amount of money, um, okay. so going into a franchise really isn't an option for them. Most of the guys that come to us as independents really want to be their own boss. They don't want to work for someone else. They a lot of them come off the corporate ladder. They don't want to suddenly carry on um doing something that they're told. They want to invent their own business and be, you know, uh, inspi- be inspired by things uh, as they go around right. rather than follow wait for the Monday morning call to tell them what the new line is this week. So it, it, often because of the independent people we attract, we don't necessarily attract those guys that want to do that corporate stuff. So, so it's it's like the shop Mibs that I had so many fond memories of that unfortunately is no longer around here on Long Island. But so, <clears throat> when you have just one coffee shop, you know it's hard to make a lot of money. 
you know, if it's only has 20, 30, 40 seats, it's only going to generate so much revenue. So how many of, of your clients that you work with, once they've established, you know, they have store A, and store A has become successful, how many of them will come to you and say, okay, help me scale this so I can start to make, you know, a multiplier effect? A, a well, all right, I, I'm all over the map now with this because my, my mind is running. So how many of your clients do you help scale, and then what does it take to scale a coffee shop? Well, if we start from the scratch, what we always start with every client um, from the perspective is that everything we do with them when they're setting up the business, it should be done with with the thought of actually being able to scale it in the future, even if they don't. Okay. So they have okay. the systems in place, they have the processes in place, they have the, the checklists in place, they have the, the way of working, uh, the way to induct people. So we always start from that, from, from scratch. Um, because that's really critical to get that system and process in place. And actually, one one of the most important things uh, of running a coffee shop is that consistency. You know, I'm, I'm sure you've walked past a coffee shop of, uh, in the past and not gone in there because you've seen there's not, you know, your favorite baristas on day off. And you know that the guy that's in there or the, the barista that's in there doesn't make it quite the way you like it or quite the way it should be made. Right. And that we see that a lot, that lack of, you, know, you don't get that in the McDonald's because everything's the same. You don't get that in a Starbucks because it's all automatic machine. So, you know, there's no skill in it, really, because it's all been taken mm-hmm. out of the hands of Brister. But for independence, that, that systemic, systemic approach is really important. Systematic approach is really important. So we start with everyone on that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think the, the rule in terms of being able to scale is to be able to put a manager in or have enough cash left at the end of the year to be able to afford a manager before you move to li- to number two there's no point in moving to number two or number no. three and it's, it's, all, it's also a really good test um is to be able to go on holiday for a week uh, and that that one coffee shop will will run successfully without you because you've put all your systems and processes in place. You've you've you know you've given them uh, checklists and and you've given um, your team the authority to make decisions in a framework that you've you've put for them. But you you've given them uh, that authority to do that, and then you can go on holiday, and then it's still there when you come back. Uh, I mean, one from our experience, when we first started, there wasn't um, a little Andrew and Claire on our shoulder um, mm-hmm. that we we would have loved to have had. And For we sure. went from one we went from um, the first store we opened in January, and the second uh, was in April. So uh, of, very of the same, very quickly, of the same year of the same year. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And in very okay. in the same year, and very very quickly, we learnt the um, we went from the first one that was running great, went to the second one, and funnily enough, the the first one sort of dropped off when we were in the second one. When we go back, and it would come back up again, because oh, we didn't yeah. realise that the right we we learnt as we went along that the systems and processes we had to give the the manager the authority to make decisions rather than be on the phone to us all the time saying, what should I do? So it's, as Andrew said, when you start in off, you should have in your mind, am I going to have one? Am I going to have 10? Am I going to build it up to 10 and then sell it uh, as, a, as a going concern? So everything has to be working. Each shop has to be working on their own, uh, ind- individually on their own. 
to be able to make it work when you mm. move, move to the next and, side. and what we find in terms of scale is that if you've run, where we've got clients that are running a really good business and it's you know it's become a local institution that's what a lot of our independent you know clients become because they are sort of the hub of the community they get lots of opportunities coming their way opportunities to open you know because they can, landlords will approach them because they don't want a corporate in there you know would you like this opportunity we're thinking about it so we see that all the time the trick for them is to understand you know the metrics of the new site um so that they don't take something on you know their ego's not scratched too much and they they, they understand that uh <laughs> they need to start, make make money at the number two and it ideally geographically helps as well so if you're particularly you, you if you can take over a town you have three or four in the town it's much easier to operate than it is you know in cities 100 miles apart so right. that geographic um connection is really you know then we had you know three sites fairly close together and we became a really well-known uh local brand so people would go into oxford and they would see our shop in oxford because they shop with us in 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 abingdon and you know the two closest are about five six miles apart so and that cross shopping things suddenly you get a little bit of brand recognition then of course now all right so claire let me go back to something you said it was quite interesting so you build up one shop it's successful so you create the second shop but then when you're at the second shop you see the sales of the first shop dip so you kind of realize and i i think a lot of business owners you guys tell me um, do they have a problem? You have a process. You hired a manager for shop one, but when the owner's in shop two, they don't delegate or they don't empower. Is, is that what often happens that prevents scalability? Yeah, uh, uh, obviously having the right person in charge of that yeah, of both yeah. both sites is is vital. Um, and uh, but also it's we we learned from our own experience that you have to empower people to make decisions. Uh, and uh, we we after we realised that we went back and and corrected the the, the mistakes that we found, mm. um, so that we could empower them to make yeah. a decision. I think we had pretend managers. We thought we had managers in, but we realised that we were so close as owners to it that they waited for us to make any decisions or anything like that. So. The minute it happened when I broke my collarbone, that was the pivot, pivotal, pivotal point for us, wasn't yes, it? Yes, that was a, a major, a major point for us. We were we were skiing, um, and uh, and in the, in the French Alps, and Andrew broke his collarbone, and um, uh, everyone said, "Oh, Claire, you've got to drive all the way back to the UK." And I wasn't worried about driving all that way on my own. I was worried about what we were going to do on Monday morning um yeah. in the business and we realized very quickly yes i learned how to um you know plumb taps in and and fix um cctv cameras on things i'd never dreamt that i'd have to learn how to do right. but we learned very very quickly um that we had to work on our business and not yeah. just in it mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now l- let me jump topics for a moment there's something in a video of yours claire that caught my attention you know you talk about What's going to distinguish one coffee shop from another? And, and certainly service is one of the key elements. And you got to have wow service. And you said something I thought was great. You said something. You said you have to be, your service has to be Instagrammable. What does that mean? Well, uh, I love that word, actually. <laughs> I, 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 I love it, it too. Yeah. <laughs> but what, I mean, in, in uh, the, the, um, the, or the, all the socials, uh, there's so many socials now and people scroll on their phones. You want a post that you put out there that mm-hmm. people stop. You, you, you know, they're scrolling, they, they stop 
to look at your your post it has to be wow not just in the in the um the service uh, and in the uh, surroundings but the actual looks wow so that when it goes past a table that that you put, take a, a plate past a table everyone turns to look at it and go oh what's that yeah i want yeah, one of those yeah. uh, and that that's what i call instagrammable okay i love it thank you now okay let, let me go back to just my own selfish interest in a coffee shop when starbucks you know really started to gain traction in the u.s we had gone to starbucks and in my opinion they were a real coffee shop they had the barista they were grinding the coffee you could smell the coffee being ground it was fantastic then they grew they became corporate and I think, Andrew, you might have referred to it earlier. You, you walk into Starbucks now. I don't know how it is in Europe. I'm saying in the U.S., you don't smell them grinding coffee anymore. And they're, it, it, they, they don't do, you know, have, they used to pound the grounds for the espresso. And they don't do any of that anymore. Everything is buttons. And it's so yeah. sterile. And that's what I miss with an independent. It, yeah. it's, no, you're right. That uh, Howard Schultz went back famously went back to um starbucks after leaving the first time he's left again now but he's he left the yeah. first time and went <laughs> yeah. back and after they they made so many changes to the place and um you know the smell of smell of sort of uh, of, of food was overwhelming the shop as opposed to the smell of coffee right. um they've put these really they've invested a lot of money in these really expensive uh coffee machines that pretty much do everything for you the, the the steam the steam ones are all fully automatic the, the barista doesn't texture the milk the 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 grind is done um automatically in the machine so you can't mm. hear it or and it, the whole thing is it's quiet actually you want to hear that sort of that clatter the bang the knock and the you know the tamping yeah. of, uh, of the machine that's part of the theater and they've lost all that theater because they realize that they can't they they couldn't scale they couldn't train they didn't want to train I think uh, people sufficiently enough to deliver the skill of the barista. So they tried to take. They thought, well, how can we scale this while maintaining consistency? So they brought these really expensive machines in. They're, they're thirty grand. They're about double the price of a normal coffee machine, um, and they are all all automatic. They do give a consistent um, product, but all the theatre is missing, and that's. You know, big a big part of, of the independent, a big part of the skill of the specialty coffee scene there. Very, very love... much so. Uh, and people, people love, as you said, going in there and, and talking to the barista as they as they're putting love into their coffee and you know, lovingly <laughs> doing the latte art and and, all, and talking to to the yeah. you know the, the the customer. And um, Starbucks has done a, a great job of educating the public on coffee because mm. before starbucks costas of the of the world um arrived people uh, used to say do you want milk or sugar uh, in yeah. your coffee yeah, yeah they yeah. they've they have totally they've done a fantastic job uh but they are a big corporate um uh, operation now uh, and now is the time for the independent to to um to, to shine mm. Well, okay, so, so this is a good point then because, yes, th they did introduce coffee to the world or, or certainly to America, Europe, and, and it went from there uh, because before that people were just buying cups of coffee from diners in America in those blue and white, you know, Greek diner cups for 50 cents. Yeah. And the, and the coffee was disgusting. Um, 
So then, again, Starbucks has kind of gone, you know, all the way to the other side where, and you said it beautifully, Andrew, they lost the theater, they lost the, you know, the feel, the emotion, you know, the, the clanging, the smell, all of that. So how then does a small independent compete with the Starbucks who's down the block? Well, we, we, we have a lot of our customers are, are, are to ask us the same question. <laughs> how, you know, how can I compete? I can't charge more than um, the Starbucks down, down the road, right. but they're better than the Starbucks down the road. The quality of their, in, their um, the ingredients they put in, in, in their, their food, they're local, they're organic. They, 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 they source the best possible ingredients to, to, for their um, products but they don't have the confidence to charge more. And the reality is, um, if you're better than, than Starbucks, people will um, pay what is worth. So it is go. that challenge of getting. Yeah, it is the challenge of, you know, if you, if you offer a better service and there is enough people out there uh, who are able to pay for a better service or will be prepared to pay for a, a local and independent, a family-run store, um, but you've got to be brave with it, brave with your pricing, and you've got to make sure that you maintain the standards and qualities in the branch as well, in the shop as well. There's no point in, we see so many people open up a coffee shop and they spend all this money, all their savings, making it look stunningly great. It opens up, it's it's lovely. Then they don't charge enough. They don't make enough. Six, a year, two years later, they can't afford the refit. They really need a some new chairs but they'll get a bit of tape out and they'll fix them or whatever they they, <laughs> they can't afford the clothes to paint it they need a new floor all those things and gradually it goes down and that's all because they're not charging enough at, at the first in the first place and also um they they as i said before they source all these wonderful local ingredients but they don't tell anybody they <laughs> yeah. they've got this amazing story Yes, um, yes. of how they set up there's a family business and we're doing it because of x y and z and we want to to help the local community and and we're we're supporting this supplier because they're they're better than everything else but they don't tell they don't tell anybody it's a big secret and they've got to they've got to um be confident enough to to say well, right this product is better because this is our story and stick to the story mm. and make sure um everyone all their teams stick to the same story uh, and uh, and tell it yeah how many times you go into a little coffee shop and when you get talking to people you say where do you get that where's that cake made or oh, they made it from granny's recipe from you know 150 years ago and you know the the cocoa comes from a special farm of when their uncles or something all that sort of stuff yeah. um but when you look at the label it just says chocolate cake <laughs> you <know? laughs> no, you, you, so, I mean, listen, we all know, regardless of what the business is, stories sell, human beings relate to and connect to stories. And Claire, you both have said it beautifully well. So many of these small independents have great stories, but they either lack the confidence or the smarts to tell the story. Yeah, absolutely. you know, that's what it comes down to. Now, listen, I do want to talk. I, I see the book right beautifully placed, by the way, beautifully placed <laughs> in between your two shoulders. I like that, by the way. Well done. <laughs> Daily grind. Um, so it, it's, that's it's not life size. That's not life size. 
that, yeah. that's okay. That's all right. It caught my eye. So, <laughs> excuse me. So not only are you guys, you know, as successful as the coffeepreneurs, you, you've written a best-selling book, which is, you know, certainly not easy. Um, what's, you know, what was the experience like in writing the book and how has it helped you guys in doing what you do? Well, we, we, we decided um, to write a book um, and um, we, it took six months to write it. Really? Okay. And we wrote it together. We wrote it together. We set ourselves a deadline and um, we, um, Andrew's good at getting up in very early in the morning. And <laughs> I, I, I used to get up and deliver babies during the night. So uh, in my previous life, so I thought I'd stay in bed a bit longer. So he used to do two hours from five to seven, writing this book, put it in the Dropbox. And then I'd get up at seven and between seven and nine, I'd carry on writing it. Right. And after six months, we had a book uh, and uh, which we published and uh, it went really well yeah we wrote it in the, in in the way that we would go about uh, opening a shop from scratch in the, in the future so we we you know the chapters are in a logical order um okay. you know starts off with the why then it moves into you know how do you get the location we got a lot of information on how to get the location because we know that the, it's such an important part people are lazy effectively that i mean customers are a little bit lazy don't get that the wrong way, but they won't travel miles for a coffee for a coffee it needs to be part of their daily routine it needs to be yeah. part of their day yeah. um so that's such a big part of there, and then the sort of we tried to then ca capture everything else around. The, how do you get the great team? How do you how do you build a a, a decent menu? Um, you know, how do you manage your profitability? What do you do about marketing? So it's a it, and we try to make it in not too complicated as well. So it's not there's tons of information in there. There's all the key points, but we haven't gone into the finite detail just because we could, you know, we thought it's, it's we want to make you aware of all these things you need to be aware of. Cause you don't know what you don't know. And so it's re it's we, real good insight from start to finish w without overwhelming yeah. somebody to give them a sense of, Hey, yeah. maybe, maybe you having a coffee shop is something I'm interested in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was the whole point. And I think that's the, the, the one of the secrets of its success actually is it, it's it's quite a, a straightforward book to read uh and, and it you know it, people come and meet us with it and they, oh, i got a copy and it's covered up with you know with their notes and post-it yeah. notes and all that sort because of stuff, what so. we wanted people to do was to write all over it yeah um you yeah. know to write notes and and put a little post-it thing and, and go back to that and and dip in and out of it it wasn't it wasn't meant as a book that you read and put on the shelf and it collects dust it's it's meant for you to go back and forth uh, as you as you you know doing your coffee journey sort of thing to to oh let me go back and have a look at that again uh, and right. write all over it a, a manual of sorts now, all right so i, I have yeah. to ask i'm curious because you, you know you you are the husband wife tandem of the, the, the coffeepreneurs um now come on it's be honest now this is the profit express what is it like working with your wife and your and your husband and, and vice versa well he asked you first well no i think it's, it's lovely to be honest with you tim we we started this journey uh, about 20 years ago to working together having not basically been in the same country um for very long because i worked uh, the, the the last part of my corporate career i worked uh, away all week in europe mm. 
um Claire was busy work you know working as well out with the family so actually then when we came together it were there was a little bit of tension I think at the very beginning because we never worked together but now we love it it's it's great because we've got our roles um and I think that was an important thing at the beginning of our business that we we um understood that we had you know we had strengths and we we had to um you know lead our teams in the shops because the shop you know the, the running a running a running a restaurant or in a cafe people will come to you, you know, come to me for a holiday can i andrew can i book a holiday and if i'll say no they're going to see claire about it or they'll you know come to <laughs> uh, yeah? yeah so it's a, it's a bit about that you know hate i hate to say it's like being a parent to young children but it, you've got to sure. you have those rules and responsibility you've got to back each other up yeah. um we learned that fairly early on and you know claire's an expert at sort of um admin and spreadsheets and cash flows and all that sort of stuff oh. um you know i i'm yeah. a bit more sort of hands-on in the shops um but in reality closes a better bristol than i am now <laughs> but we, wow. we we work to our we work to our strengths uh, and uh, we did uh, initially, uh, as Andrew uh, said, um, you know, we'd go to bed and uh, on a on a on a problem, uh, and I'd wake up with the solution, and Andrew would wake up having slept all night. Um, <laughs> so we learned very very quickly that our brains would work differently, and we had to um, early on uh, we had to have um, time out. Yeah, and that's a rules for the house yeah. as well. So timeout as well as rules for work, rules for the house. So we had yeah, we yeah. had a timeout, and we and for, from from a certain time, no more work, uh, yeah. and we don't talk about work because I I, I I I'm like multifunctioning. I can do other things and still think about you know. And Andrew likes to be constantly on one thing. Um, so that's such that's such a wife answer. I'm I'm, I'm multitasking, multifunctioning. I wake up with the answer. I'll, I'll let you get away with that, Claire. It's okay. Um, so listen, this has been a great conversation. So you, you have people, again, you, you, you guys are based in Europe, you're based in England, UK. Um, the show here is in the U S, uh, you've got somebody who's listening, somebody who has a passion for coffee and they're thinking of getting into the business for any number of different reasons. And you guys have you know, what's now decades of experience combined in this business. So what is the one, and I want an answer from each of you, the one bit that is, is a must-have for somebody who is, they ha you know, they, they haven't opened up yet. They're, they're in the, you know, the research stage. What do you want to share with them at this critical moment before they invest in a coffee shop? Well, I... I would say do your do your research and do your re a deep research um, and take advice from the, the right people. And as Andrew said earlier, cof uh, a coffee machine manufacturer will advise you to have the coffee machine that they have on on yeah, uh, yeah. in the, for sale there and then because it's perfect for you. There's an awful lot of people out there giving advice um, that's not individualized to you it's a general advice mm -hmm. so do do your research um mm -hmm. get um a help and support from the right people um and uh, and and talk to your family to make sure that you're both on the same page mm -hmm. so that mm -hmm. if a husband and wife wanted to do it that they're both on board 
with that decision. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's around it. It's around if it depending on the, your experience. So if you've never worked in hospitality before, you we would say, listen, you need probably need to go get a job in a coffee shop or a cafe or a restaurant just to feel what right. hospitality is like. Because we got a lot of people who come from an office background. Believe it or not, a lot of people from IT or accountants and people like that come come feel because there's an affinity with coffee and accountancy and and it that they want to come so but if they haven't if they haven't worked in a coffee shop that's the first thing i'd say you you need to do that and i'm building on claire's thing around that thing it's it's the partnership as well so if you're gonna if you can try and do it with someone it's much easier but agree that partnership agreement at the beginning you know do a do the prenup before the before the problem starts That's great. Now, although, although I, when you said accountant, I get a little nervous. You know, I don't know how, how hospitable some accountants are. You, you know, I, I've had my <laughs> well. share of, you know, not friendly accountants. <laughs> but anyhow, no, no, listen, that's great advice. It's, it's the prenup and it's research. But I, I thought you were going to say, you know, I'm a little surprised you guys didn't say, you know, b- buy the damn book, The Daily Grind. I mean, that's where you got to start, <laughs> right? I mean, come on. Well, that's a really good thing to start. Good play. Yeah. But you, you said it for us now. So. Yeah, you, 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 said, you said it for us. My, you did. My pleasure. Listen. Andrew and Claire, it was a great conversation. The coffeepreneurs kind of brought back, just preparing for the show, talking to you guys today, brought back some great memories with my wife and I and Mibs here on Long Island. Um, how can people get in touch with you? What's the best way to find you uh, on social? Yeah, well, we got um, Instagram. We're at, at coffeepreneurs. Uh, we've got a website called cafesuccesshub.com. Uh, if you go there, you'll find um, a load of free info and uh, downloads and updates and our musings, um, uh, uh, as well as a contact form. So, yeah, please, please um, follow us on uh, Insta. Um, give us a DM or um, go via cafesuccesshub.com. That'd be great. Because our, our book um, sells all over the world. In fact, 70% of our book sales are in, in America. Really? And we work with people all over the world. Um, our our um, coaching clubs, uh, about a quarter of the people in our coaching clubs, a third perhaps, are from America. So as long as you can speak English, because I am afraid I can't speak any other languages, um, <laughs> as long as you can speak English, our, our, the principles of what we, we um, do work all over the world. And with the power of Zoom, and uh, sure. if, we've, if we've got anything positive um, from uh, the last few years with, uh, with COVID, sure. everyone yeah, yeah, knows yeah. how to use Zoom. Uh, yeah. And look, we're talking to you now in in America. Uh, yeah, it's 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 amazing. It's amazing. We can work anywhere in the world. Beautiful. Well said. Listen, thank you for your time, and uh, been a great conversation. Really good conversation. Thank you so much. And this yeah. is the Profit Express. Remember to tune in and listen for the downloads of the latest and greatest shows every Wednesday, like the show I just had with the Coffeepreneurs. Andrew and Claire Bowen. And again, they're authors of the best-selling book, The Daily Grind. And think about it. They're a group of people who had a business that failed $200,000 in a hole, reinvented themselves, reinvented the business, sold it successful, have another successful business, and a best-selling book. These are the kinds of guests that I have on the show for you, the kinds of guests that have the insight and the experience and the wisdom to help you win the battle for business. That's why we're here. So... You follow the show, follow me on Instagram at The Profit Express, Facebook, you know the deal. Hit the subscribe button, the like button. Thank you so much. And until next time, it's The Profit Express.